the podcast about films where the discourse ended with an ellipsis rather than a period. I'm Chris Hall. I'm Sebastian. And this is Mateo. And on this podcast, we reassess films of recent memory where the discourse was left unsettled. We try to provide more definitive takes on films that generated a lot of buzz upon release, but their reputations have since become murky. Or maybe they've just fallen through the cracks altogether. Movies that make you ask, where are they now? Movies that deserve further discourse. Last week, with our, our friend Nicole Americano, we covered A Star is Born from 2018, which was Bradley Cooper's directorial debut, and we determined that the movie, uh, we can confirm that the, mo- the movie was so much more than just the kind of, you know, pop culture sensation, tabloid headlines, you know, flashy film that it could have been, and it's the level of, of authenticity and really just directorial craft put into the film has really helped the age uh, extremely, extremely well. And, and Gaga and Cooper's uh, chemistry was, was not a fabrication of the media at the time. That was real and the performances are great and, and stuff like that will definitely help it, you know, stand the test of time. And this week, a kind of audible last second, this week has had many suitors, but in honor of, of the release of Dune 2, we landed on a Denny Villeneuve's Enemy from 2013. You don't go to the movies, do you? I don't... I don't go out that much. Is there a reason why you're asking me this? You know, maybe you had a recommendation. Anthony Clare, 3650 Rathburn Road. Hello? Uh, good afternoon. Hey. Um, no, I'm calling to speak Where to... Where are you Dan- calling from? I'm, so- I'm sorry, I, th- I think there's been a misunderstanding. Who is this? Okay, I'm gonna, I'll call back later. Enemy which is oh loosely adapted from a 2002 novel called The Double, stars Jake Gyllenhaal in a dual role as two men who are physically identical but different in personality. And that's kind of the, you know, the idea. Well, we'll say broadly that is the inciting incident of the film. One Jake Gyllenhaal realizes there's another guy who looks just like him, also played by Jake Gyllenhaal. And we'll just kind of leave it at that, right? Because this, this is a very a very enigmatic kind of puzzle box movie. This movie had uh, presumably, and I say presumably because this information is not stated anywhere online factually. I I digged. It's just it's nowhere to be found. Uh, but this movie is presumably far and away the lowest budget of of Denis filmography from all of his his English language films moving forward. Right, and it grossed about three and a half million dollars at the at the box office critically. It has, again, not that Rotten Tomatoes is everything. We kind of try to stay, stay away from that. But for what it's worth, it does have the lowest Rotten Tomatoes percentage of, of all of these, you know, English language films moving forward. Um, and if, we, if we refer to Villeneuve's filmography, I guess just assume we're talking about everything from Prisoners and on. He does have a few films before that, but I guess just in the kind of English, not that those films suddenly don't exist, but those are just the ones we're f- more familiar with in terms of his career. And kind of just the canon within, you know, this, you know, kind of Western, Western culture, the Western zeitgeist. Again, 71% of Rotten Tomatoes. And as to why that's the case, we'll get to that in a moment. I think it's also worth noting, this is one of the first A24 films ever released by the studio. I think it's like the sixth. The way Denny has kind of transitioned from being like this like heavy, like heavy subject matter. Your night is over after watching this movie, Filmmaker, to our like premiere sci-fi auteur of like spectacle is so fascinating and it almost happened overnight between between a uh, sicario and arrival but it's just so interesting because enemy doesn't really fall into either of those categories right this came out the same year as, as prisoners which is a you know very psychological thriller um about, about, about a, a kidnapping 
And Prisoners was his first English language film uh, in 2013 after On Sundays, which there will be an investigation into. Look, look, at, look at the bell curve on, on Letterboxd, and you'll know why we have to cover it. It's just Bro's putting up 2001 A Space Odyssey numbers. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Letterboxd top 250. What's going on here? And it's also worth noting how prolific Denny has been since 2013, because in just like a four-year span, from 2013 to 2017, he released, in this order, Prisoners, Enemy, Sicario, Arrival, and Blade Runner 2049, just kind of an insane run. And during that time, you know, pre-Blade Runner, he was definitely, uh, like, uh, with these English-language movies, he was making a lot of these, you know, like, mid-budget adult dramas. Like, he had Prisoners, a budget of, like, $46 million, Sicario, about $30 million, Arrival, also about $45 million. And then, of course, that balloons with Blade Runner 2049, which is like, you know, $180 million budget. And then Dune 1 and Dune 2, which are both, you know, in the hundreds of millions, understandably. And like we said, he's now this, like, huge spectacle director. But then there's Enemy, which is just kind of kind of sticks out. Not like a sore thumb, but it's kind of the black sheep of these. Because, again, it's this low budget, like, very cerebral puzzle box, essentially indie drama. I mean, it was an A24 film. And so, seeing where this fits into his filmography... Because you, you can see the through lines with all of his other films. But Enemy is just this, again, this, this, this weird anomaly. And it's very interesting how the, the productions kind of lined up with this. Because Enemy filmed in 2012. Prisoners filmed in February 2013. But then Prisoners was released before Enemy in 2013. And then because Enemy premiered at uh, the Toronto International Film Festival in 2013. But didn't have like an actual, it's true theatrical release till 2014. But as to why this movie was was uh, received the way it was, far and away the most like tepidly, you know, and lukewarmly received of of all of his other films, it, like I said, it, it's a very enigmatic film. And like other films that we've covered on the pod, it does not answer your questions in in a conventionally satisfying way. You know, it leaves a lot of things in the plot, just kind of uh, leaves some things seemingly up in the air. You know, there's a lot of ambiguity by the time the credits roll, a lot of symbolism to be read into throughout the film. Like many like many films we cover on this podcast, this is also kind of a gimmick movie because oh, we have no. the dual performance. That from that's, Jake that, yes. that's true because because if you're yes. if you start a conversation about enemy, they're gonna go, oh, is that the the double Jake Gyllenhaal movie? You know, like that. <laughs> you have that kind of air over it as well, right? And if the purpose of this podcast is to you know reexamine films where there isn't really a general consensus, I would say this one falls in you know pretty pretty easily. And and we've we've said this when we talked about insomnia, Benjamin Button. But if you have a conversation about like, oh, like you know, hit me with your your favorite Denny Villeneuve movie, I, I, I'm, I mean, no one's saying enemy. Like if you if you're saying enemy, you're you're gonna be looked at like you have a third eye. Like we said with like you know with, with those other aforementioned films. Not there's anything against it. Like not that it's like oh that that means it's this, but it's just it's just another you know criterion as to why we're covering it. So yeah, so so I've seen this film. Seb has seen this film. The tale has not. Seb, what what is? I, I don't even. And that's the thing. Seb and I have spent so much time talking about Denny Villeneuve, but I don't know if we've had a single conversation about Enemy. So like, what is what is your experience with Enemy? Yeah, with Enemy, it's interesting. I I did not know what to think of it. I watched a bunch of analysis analysis videos, classic college me of like trying to understand what the movie was about. Um, yeah. because it, like it's, said, a, lot it's of, a, it's a YouTube video essay movie. For it's, sure. it's surprisingly Enemy dense unlocked. text. Yeah. No, no, it's <laughs> a dense text. And you, know, you always see like that picture of like, well, maybe I'll just avoid saying that, but I'm, I, there's like a specific thumbnail you'll always see when you see like a enemy explained thing, um, mm-hmm. that, uh, so anyways, it, it's a very 
unique and singular film. It, it has a, a weird energy to it. From the get-go, something feels off, and at the end, it's still off, which is kind of like <laughs> what you meant by like feeling like kind of unsatisfied by the end. We were just like a lack of concrete resolution. Yeah, like, yeah. It does. It yeah. does not. It does not hand you answers easily. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Which is the fun of like breaking it down. You know, like a Nolan movie. Um, but uh, some people aren't into that kind of stuff. So I, I wonder if like it's like. Was the text too dense? Was, you know, the meaning or the themes of the film a bit too hidden? I, I, I just wonder, like, for general audiences, it's just like not that it's not a very accessible film because it's just like, who is this for? Uh, something that we've talked about before in the past for other films. Um, that's just, I mean, know, it is. Theories. I mean, it's definitely like entertaining, you know, like it's not a. From what I remember, you know, in terms of like general audiences, it's like I think like my, like most again, it's ninety minutes. I think I think the average person could be you know pretty pretty. I think they'd be pretty easily locked in with it for the runtime. It's just by the time it ends, it may leave them feeling like wait, like hold up, it's like what, like yeah, why, like, why, like what? well, why why did we do all this? You know, why did yeah. I sit through this whole thing? Yeah, yeah. Why did yeah. I? Why did it end there specifically? I think in that sense, enemy is is the most interesting to explore because you're just like we're. We're, we're trying to figure out what was like the intent, what, where, where was like Denise's mind yeah. when he made this, honestly. <laughs> because like we said, there's such a clear, like you remove enemy, there's like a clear unbroken through line through his right. photography. It's like, exactly. oh, it's, it's like, okay, it makes sense why he did this project after this one and then this one. And then there's just enemy. It's like, enemy, why, you're like, just like, where did this come from? This? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like what you inspired you to Chris, make this? Chris, you mentioned how, uh, this film was completed before Prisoners, but came out after. And I have to imagine this screened at at TIFF, yeah. Toronto uh, International. And like, you know, a lot of movies will screen there and then like it, they'll kind of like float around in the ether until somebody like decides to pick it up and distribute it. And you have to imagine that a lot of people, a lot of like producers and like studio people were there going like, ooh, like how do we sell this? Yeah. What do we do <laughs> until like a 24 came along and picked it up? And that's probably why it came out after prisoners, yeah. which is, you yeah. know, the more digestible yeah. uh, work. Yeah. Music is like Seb was saying, it's like, how, it's like, how do we market this? Like, who is this for? Like, who is the audience? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. A 24 so is like that company that, that was probably willing to take a swing. Cause they were just starting. No, yeah. no, seriously, yeah, and they're like, it, like it has Jake Gyllenhaal, like it's, it's, it, it, it has the potential to be buzzy, you know. It's like, and might get people talking. And I mean, I think it was, it was probably a good acquisition from them on their part, even if it didn't make that much money. I don't know. I, I think yeah. it's a. I mean, in the long run, it probably has made a lot of money for them. In the <laughs> yeah, oh, like streaming and oh, stuff. I mean, I mean, surely you know, between well, streaming I mean, rights and yeah, just talk about making the right investment royalties. in like a director. Like, <laughs> no, seriously. But Matteo, what is what is your experience with uh with Enemy been so far? Like, have you had conversations about it besides those? Yeah, ones? So, so this is funny because I I, I haven't seen the movie. I, I'm kind of coming at this with like the same uh, experience I had with Insomnia, where I hadn't seen it and I knew basically nothing about it. Um, yeah, yeah. But coming into this, I probably saw like one YouTube video about this movie, like when I was in high school, <laughs> like a yeah. decade ago now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, nothing really except kind of like the surrealism of it. And, and honestly, I'm really attracted to those elements in a movie. Like, I think mm -hmm. that stuff like really fascinates me. 
but I, I've never like I, yeah I've never like t- had anybody like recommend enemy to me uh, <laughs> it's yeah it's never been one that like people like kind of like shout out to me the one thing that I the one thing that I've always been like really captivated by and I I don't know how much of a spoiler this is I don't actually know what this image even means in the movie but there's this uh there's these like statues of like giant spiders in ottawa called maman yeah that i know i know that 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 visual is part of the movie (laughs) and yeah and i know about that and it's always like kind of like struck me a little bit like like so you've seen the thumbnails (laughs) i've seen the thumbnails yeah (laughs) okay but i just don't know what any of it means uh (laughs) some people watch the film and still don't know what it means (laughs) that's good I, I am really excited at the idea that this is Jake Gyllenhaal, though, because I think he has kind of entered a period uh, in the, tw- like, you know, like kind of like late in his career uh, where he's less of a, uh, you know, like the projects he's taking are not like kind of like conventional Oscar bait anymore. Like he's not doing like your Brokeback Mountains. He's kind of doing dude movies now. Like yeah, he's, he's, kinda, he's, really he's, he's just like an action star now. Like his last, he's just like, last few films, like The Guilty, and then he goes Ambulance, Guy Ritchie's The Covenant, Roadhouse. Next up, Untitled Guy Ritchie action film. Like he's just like- Turn me up. He, I, he just kind of gave up like an Oscar bait, yeah. I think it's just like, you know, and obviously he did like Far From Home and stuff, but like <laughs> his, the- the energy that he irradiates in those movies is always like really like chaotic and hard to control. And, mm. and I feel like he's picking directors who aren't going to like try to rein him in as much. Uh, <laughs> That's a good point. It, like, wait, it, Oh, I'm so sorry to interrupt you. Is this pre nightcrawler? Jake, this is pre nightcrawler. Ni- pre nightcrawler. Yeah. Post source code. Very <laughs> 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 nice. Source code. But, you know, like that Nightcrawler kind of energy where it's like, oh, man, like, like Dan Gilroy and Nightcrawler just kind of let Jake be this like crazy freak. And and I, I'm interested to see, like, where that balance will fall in this movie, especially given the dual role. Yeah. Uh, I, Jake, and- like, he likes taking roles like that, like roles that he'll get to flex some muscles in some way. So I'm sure he heard dual role and was like, mm-hmm. I'm in. Like that's like that right. like that like, sounds rowdy. Like let me cook. The, this I don't, even like Denny V. No movies. Like you think about like uh, you, you you think you think about like I don't know like Ryan Gosling in uh, in Blade Runner twenty. There's a lot of interiority. They're very. You think well, about Amy often, Adams, often stoic leading men. Jeremy yeah. Renner, Arrival. Like they're always like very controlled. And and Jake Gyllenhaal is is really not that guy, right? Like Jake's no. a little crazy. That's a good point. So, I like so I'm interested to see uh, where where this movie kind of falls into that. Uh, that's what I'm most excited to to, to discover on this. Mm, watch. You're gonna get a lot of Jake, that's for sure. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be the Jake <laughs> oh, the Jake Power Hour for sure. D- double trouble, double trouble, truly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, and this is definitely like the time the the point in time in which because 2012 um, in 2012 end of watch gets released and that kind of and it goes he goes. I mean, for a few years, he goes Prince of Persia, Love and Other Drugs, Source Code. And it's like he tries almost doing the like the commercial leading man thing. And then he goes into End of Watch Prisoner's Enemy. And that kind of sets off this like this kind of mid 2010s run of doing very like 
more challenging. I don't want to reduce it to like Oscar Beatty, but you know what I mean. Like very, like it's essentially all dramas. Then it's a stark shift to the very, you know, like blockbusters, you know, commercial box office type of films. And so th this is coming at the very beginning of his like, I I'm going to work with like, with directors and like, I always hate to impose like Oscar chasing on somebody, but like, but that was the time, you know, it's like th those were the types of roles he was kind of taking. And now, and now he's just 180 the other way to like, I'm going to have, I'm going to be holding a machine gun in all of my movies now, but it's, Wait, it's he, fascinating. He, Jake Hall and Heat, sorry. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, oh, well, that, that is, that goes Jill crazy. Hall in a man movie would actually be perfect. Yeah. Whoa. I, I, wonder, I wonder how the casting process went for both Prisoners and Enemy. Cause you like, since Jake's in both of those movies. I mean, I mean yeah, honestly, you know, he was cast in Enemy before. I remember the story with Prisoners was that Ryan Gosling almost got it. It was almost going to be him in the de in the Detective Loki role. But Jake was, D Denny gave it to Jake because Jake was like so passionate about the character and had so many ideas with things like the, like the, you know, like the, the eye twitch and like so many little ticks and like, I think he literally just said like, he was just so passionate about the role and like, it yeah. brings so much to it. He was like, I, I got to give it to him. Yeah. And it's just those two, those two coaches. Jake Gyllenhaal's for, name um, in Prisoners is Detective Loki. Loki, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I'm just a fanboy. They're like, oh, Loki and Wolverine. Please go outside. Please go outside. <laughs> <laughs> no. Movie, no. movie added to my watch. I'm just, I'm just going <laughs> to imagine though, like it is, it is interesting that like, you know, Oh, Jake and Denis were working like hardcore with each other for two movies at the same, like at the same time. Like that's, yeah. that's just, that is an interesting dynamic. And then like Jake doesn't show up in any of Denis' movies in the future. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it hasn't really, I mean, I mean, Jake is the most Denny is stuck with an actor because he's kind of, you know, he's kind of bounced around from leads. Um, yeah. The, oh, it's interesting. interesting. Yeah. It, it's he's like the, the anti Nolan. He's like, almost has like a different cast every time. But, um, yeah, uh, what was I about to say? And then also the cinematographer for this film, because, you know, once he, once he starts making English language films, I mean, he works with, he works with Deacons for Prisoners and Sicario, um, works with, uh, I think Bradford Young for Arrival, then Deacons again for Blade Runner, like Greg Frazier, like a lot, a lot of the greats, but then for Enemy, this is the only time he ever worked with this, with this, uh, with this DP and this guy primarily works on international films. So out in He's always Canadian. He's right. Canadian. He's a yeah. fellow countryman. <laughs> of course, of course. Because I think this was a Canadian production, if I remember correctly. Um, That's cool. But, again, just, just a crazy, not in a bad way, just an outlier in so many ways in, in the in the beneath filmography. And and like we said, you know, with, with Christopher Nolan and, and Insomnia, for, for a filmmaker, especially in 2024, with the, with the release of Dune 2 oncoming, for a filmmaker as in the zeitgeist as Denny, like this movie still does not really get talked about. Like every other, you know, you know, all, all of his other films have, you know, gotten their flowers in some way <laughs> on the, on social right. medias and stuff and, and, and in movie culture, but this one, I don't, not much. I mean, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Which we'll is, see. I'm, which I'm is excited interesting. to dive back in. It's interesting because there's a lot to dig into in this movie. It's not like it's like bare bones or like a very yeah. It's not film. some like it's not some you know fastball down the middle just like movie ends and you're like yep like that was enemy and then you just kind of move on with your day like it's a I mean I think you were saying off mic sub it's like you're like you're it's a thinker we're still thinking about it you know? like it's like <laughs> yeah I've, I've, like that I've definitely movie it. it ends and you kind of go huh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I it's I've, I'm still kind of absorbing it in a lot of ways, even though I watched it like four years ago. Yeah, I was, like, yeah, yeah. I, How long? Yeah, was it? Yeah, just several years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was like mid college. Yeah, 
I think I think it was about that time for me. I think it was. Yeah, and I remember throwing it out because it was just on Netflix. And I was with my buddy, and we were like, "Oh, this is the, this is the Blade Runner guy." We'll fire it up. <laughs> like, and that's all. And it's <laughs> it's crazy. Hit that arc though. I mean, because to go from those two movies to I guess Arrival, right? Like right after. No, it was Sicario. It was, it was, it was Prisoners. Sicario. Sicario. Sicario yeah. was after. Right. Okay. And going from Prisoners to Sicario makes sense. Like that is like yes. in terms of subject matter and like both when both movies end, you're like, I'm going to bed, man. It's like that was that was a lot. Uh, any final thoughts before this rewatch? I, I can't I, wait. Look, here's the thing. I I come in. I co- I came into this podcast with very little. Uh, in terms of like background, but like I feel like, I definitely. I have like the very strong sensation that to our listeners who come back in like five seconds and me after their 90 minutes of having seen this movie, I will be filled with so many thoughts that I did not have. I, I was gonna say, 90 minutes before. Mateo is going to be very, very, I, I think I, I want to let Mateo cook in the post game. Like I think he's going to have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> I hope I do. I hope I do. Yeah. Okay. That being said, we will see you all on the other side. I I got a Blu-ray to order. I I got I gotta get that prime delivery on this. <laughs> we gotta go. We gotta go meet ourselves. Go and then somewhere. See how yeah, that goes. Yeah. You are my only son. I am your only mother. He looks exactly like you. What's happening? I, I really don't know what you're talking about. Why'd you come looking for me? I needed to know. I have some questions for you. Who are you? What's wrong? You're crazy. I'm crazy! And we are back. Uh, Us three just got back from some conference room where uh, some lady stomped on a spider and... uh, Everyone else seemed really into it. I'm happy for them. Uh, we, 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 were little, we, we, we were a little confused, but that but, was uh, crazy. That was that, that was why. Yeah, sorry for sorry for dragging you guys to that. Uh, tickets were cheap, and I just yeah. So <laughs> my, my my buddy my buddy said he had a couple open slots. Um, yeah, <laughs> but okay. Uh, we are back from our rewatch from uh, of Enemy. We will we will start with Seb. This was a rewatch for you, Seb. How did this viewing treat you? Uh, it was great i i was i actually like like this movie quite a bit more than the uh, first time i remember the first time just not like maybe not being as enthralled as i was as this time because i mean well one of the most yellow movies i've ever seen first of all but like that was the that was the first note i took was that (laughs) another testament to the power of the yellow filter because that 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 that, that's just that's just the soderbergh piss filter yeah i was i was so in for it yeah, but like it, it helped. It wasn't, yeah, like distracting, and it was great. I, I thought Jake was great. He really, he channeled more of Nightcrawler than I thought he would. Uh, in this one, had a lot of, lot of mirror scenes, uh, especially, um, in the second half. But uh, J- there's a lot of to play. Jackie's, they, 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 they let Jakey <laughs> play in this. Well, one. the yeah. thing was, is, <laughs> absolutely, and I, I uh, rented this on Amazon, and the version that I rented had an interview at the end with Denise <laughs> and uh, Jake, and so I got to, I got to watch that, and them kind of just talk about their process, um, which was enlightening, but it was just more like fun to watch those two, just like kind of like giggle about how much fun they had, which is strange for how like 
bizarre and in, kind of intense this film is. Yeah. So basically, yeah. very metaphorical film like we talked about, but I think those were ringing a lot more true, especially for on, on a rewatch where you're paying attention to that kind of stuff. You you know what to look for. And uh, I thought the editing was masterful. I was actually shocked at like how how precise some of like the choices in um in the cuts were and I, I i found there was a lot of restraint in the direction which is interesting for a movie that's just like really kind of being carried by a one performance and um or a dual performance by one person i should say and uh, i just found the restraint to be very admirable and uh inspiring so yeah i i love this thing but i cannot wait to see what mateo has to say about it <laughs> yeah no uh i just want to say on jake a little little bit of a uh, little bit of nightcrawler maybe a little bit of ambulance where he's like Ooh. i like the organic blueberries well, when, he's like he's like <laughs> yelling about the blueberries eyes there you so go big. i forgot that was something my buddy and i quoted for a while after it's just like babe it's the organic blueberries i like it's a, every, every time we went to a grocery store we're like yo enemy reference enemy reference um, <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm, killed, I'm very, that line delivery killed me I'm, I'm so excited to hear what Mateo has to say because I mean we, we saw his letterbox review, but I, I I'm being so for real right now. I I had it I had a dream last night that <laughs> so like I I finished watching this movie. I mean I guess it was like six hours ago. It's like I watched it like late last night and then now we're potting about it. And in my in my slumber last night, I had a dream that I opened letterbox to a three star review of <laughs> Enemy from a Tail, and it just said Baby Hitchcock, and I was uh, like no. <laughs> <laughs> like, which, which was crazy. <laughs> I was like, freak, man. But, that, but and that's teasing a little bit well, what, what I have some things I have to say about it. But, but Mateo, how was your enemy experience? Oh, okay. So this is, this is interesting because I think in the past like couple of months, I've been diving into Denise filmography in a way that I really had not before mm-hmm. like i've seen arrival uh enemy dune. now and i rewatched dune and so i'm getting a lot more of a handle i think on how he directs and his approach to filmmaking because it's very it's very unique it's very different from kind of other people who occupy the same sort of like critical and cultural space mm. His style is so restrained. It's so like stately and and kind of like it, it's not slow, but it's it, it's just like not full of like flourish, right? Like like things are kind of like presented on screen in an almost like plain way, and I don't mean that in a bad as a bad thing. Like it's just so interesting because the way that this movie starts out. Like, you have that, like, weird, like, kind of, like, you know, erotic show with that, like, w- with those, like, dancers. And, like, instantly you're kind of, like, mesmerized. And, like, what the heck is this plot going to be? Like, w- what are we looking at? Mm-hmm. And as it starts to develop, like, he's presenting what is such a, like, twisty and interesting little story. Like, something that, like, Fincher would have a blast Mm-hmm. making that's yeah. uh something that a uh, brian de palma would have a blast making mm-hmm. in a in a very like 
in a very like kind of like austere way and it's it's such a it's such a strange approach because it's like you kind of want this to like move fast and like be crazy and and Denis just doesn't give you that and great point and you, you would think oh this is what makes the movie bad but it's it's what makes the movie his it's what makes the movie unique and it's cool because it makes it so that you never miss on the the subtext right like you're always thinking about like like Seb said like what what is the what metaphor like what are we breaking down in this particular moment and it, it's such a great approach uh Jake is like is so fantastic in this movie uh, <laughs> yeah um he's very like again he's very quiet until the end where he starts to get like a little like unhinged in a way that, that I really love. Can, uh, can I ask you something? Just man to man. Uh, that's good. That was good. It's <laughs> like it's like taxi driver almost. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah. I I I I would love to share more about like what I guess I interpreted about the movie. Uh, the one thing I will say, this movie is, and I know this is going to sound crazy. This movie is. I don't think this movie is hard to parse. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that if you pay attention, you do a, you, you you hit a couple of Google searches. Not even <laughs> movie, like, I, I I just googled I just googled that like spider sculpture. Yeah, and I was like, wait, it all makes sense now. It's <laughs> yeah. all about the spider sculpture. I I think this is an easy movie though to overthink. That that's yes. where you know like, exactly the balance comes in because yeah. there's actually before I follow up on that, uh, can you explain the spider sculpture, Mateo? <laughs> okay, so what you what you read about it? I, I, yes, so so if you if you read on if you read on like the guy who made it, right? So obviously, like you know, it's like it, it's very like striking when you look at it because like it's kind of got that like daddy long legs vibe and mm-hmm. like the the like center of that spider is like very almost it almost looks like a xenomorph and then you have like those super long like yeah like arching legs but the 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 sculpture by uh louise bourgeois is called maman which means like literally mom in french and it's she describes it as an ode to her mother and if you look on the bottom there's an egg sac like that's like full of like children. And so I think that, and at the beginning of the movie, if you notice that like spider that she's about to like step on and crush, it's also like got it's, you see the egg sack like full of eggs and it's, it's just so strange. I feel like he's using that. And obviously it's like very unnerving and creeping looking, but the spider kind of is like a symbol of motherhood and yes. of like the pregnancy of that character who is uh you know Andrew uh or you know Daniel St. Clair's wife <laughs> uh so that that's kind of like where that's kind of like where I I got to it and I feel like the the two kind of versions that exist of Jake Gyllenhaal are kind of an amalgamation of one person yeah and there's an interesting idea that that this character is like almost like it's like horrible to think about but like that's kind of like where the creepiness and the horror of this movie comes in is that you have this character who's kind of like 
like almost like bored or like disgusted by like his wife's pregnancy like and is like leaving her and and going off Mm -hmm. to like find like some kind of like excitement or pleasure like Mm -hmm. outside of her at that show it's very you know it's obviously like very like symbolic that you have that lady like crushing the spider with her heel at the end of it like Mm -hmm. the satisfaction that it gives him and like as as he's walking out the door um you see her as like a spider like trapped in the room the craziest cut of all time by the way like no that like that there for some people that is just like that actually that is like the scariest ending to them like they are so freaked out by that yeah it's like it's it's a really visceral start yeah but like yeah. It's crazy because if you look at the spider, she's not she's not actually like hostile. She's afraid of him. No, yeah. Yeah. It's that's, like I was gonna ask a, like, like, did did it get you? I mean, people people talk about yeah, that yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like one of the biggest jump scares in movie shot. history. <laughs> it did it did get me. I mean I I had like a feeling that something like that was coming because I, I guess like maybe just like through the cultural zeitgeist unconsciously like that has like filtered down to me but i did not expect it uh like i did not expect those like the specifics of it uh yeah it's man i it really struck me like and and again it's like it's this idea that like he like sees his pregnant wife as like a like a burden and, and like a pest. Yeah, like I mean, there there are uh, a couple different ways you could read that but yeah, it's just that like just his seeing the spider is him seeing the like uh like his his fear of like of just like that situation you know his, his yeah. it's almost a coward of like the it's like the intimacy of it and like it's the, dark yeah no yeah and just <laughs> it's really brutal to think and about. how much he wants uh, to, to run from that yeah i i think it's it's pretty uh it's a pretty special movie and i think yeah once you interpret it in that way it kind of clicked into place for me and it, it clicked into place for me in a way that I don't think any other director could have told that story that same way that he did. Yeah. And that's, Mm. I think that's the important thing is that he took this approach, which is a risky approach and he made it work for reasons that are like specific and unique to his style. Um, Yeah. This, this movie is incredible. I think more to say about it in that way. Music to the ears. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. I, th- there are a couple kind of like, in terms of, you know, my, my, my general thoughts post-film, there are a couple, it's kind of like broad, broad strokes I, I, I want to hit and we can, you know, use this as a, as, as a launching point to, to anything else. Um, I guess I'll start by, I'll start by following up on something Seb was starting to say how it's easy to overthink and how it's another instance where I'm glad we watched us as early in the pod as we did because I feel yeah. like I've been able to like kind of point back to that and some conversations we had there with us. And I'll say what Taylor was saying, he's like, this movie actually like isn't like that hard to kind of like wrap your hands or wrap your arms around and parse. It is one of those films that, yeah, especially on rewatch, uh, similar to how it's like once you know the twist in us on rewatch, it, it's like it, it almost seems like so almost like painfully obvious and almost like there's so, like so clearly telegraphing it so me watching it last night i was like like how was i confused by this first time around <laughs> i was like this I, I was almost like a little embarrassed i was like this is uh, like they're like at points when you know and you're rewatching it it almost feels like they're spelling it out for you like not not in like a 
like a, like in some weird expository way. I just mean like I'm you know in the sense that I'm like okay, this isn't as like difficult to kind of wrap your head around as I maybe thought. And and then like us, it's best if you don't try to like think too hard about like the mechanics of it all. You know, like it's very easy to get like lost in the sauce if you're really trying to like. Like, like how in Us, if you're trying to think, like, how the underground underworld works, it's like, it's like I want to know to a T how this functions. It's like, you're missing the point, and you're going to enjoy it a lot less. And, it, it, I mean, it doesn't apply as much here, but in the sense of, the, like, if you're really trying to like, get a hold on, like, the chronology and how exactly this kind of, you know, it, it, it's not a split personality movie, I'll say, but how we'll say that, that kind of, that kind of split is functioning. It's like, you're, you're, you're missing the point a little bit. It's like, zoom out just a little bit and see like, and, and kind of just to see kind of just like the function of this, of this split performance. Um, I, I think that the, the thing that you can get lost in is trying to like decode the plot and like, exactly figure yeah. out the story. And it's, it's not operating on that kind of like logical it's a dream logic movie and you kind of have to yeah. take it on those terms because i don't think that i don't think that there is an interpretation of this movie like no matter how like how much you like go frame by frame and like check into every detail i don't think there's an interpretation of this movie where you walk away with like an airtight explanation of like what every scene right means yeah. for the function of the plot it's it's more like, like what does this mean in terms of like the themes and the the kind of story of it it's no, exactly. funny because like with with tenet you can technically get to that point of like the airtight plot description if you want to i mean it's it's hard and you're gonna use a lot of your brain you can get there but it's that is also like one of those things we talk about missing the point where it's like better just kind of zoom out and this one you are absolutely right don't try and like find the chronology of it because not only it's just a waste of time yeah (laughs) waste of time like you're probably not going to get there in the end anyway but also like it's just a like a vibe fest man absorb yourself in this world for just an hour and a half Mm -hmm. it's not a long film just like get lost in it and and that's the and that's the next thing i was going to say is that this is this is one of the uh well in this movie is that like i in the best way didn't take many notes during because it is a I mean, you just kind of slip into the slip into the the wavelength or the vibe, as Seb said, of the film, and it goes by like that. I mean, it is yeah. a it is a fast ninety minutes, and so like in these past two points that I mentioned, it simultaneously makes it like an extremely easy movie to recommend because it's just like a very like gripping, entertaining ninety minutes, but also one that you know it's like like some people may be some people may get frustrated with it based on how they kind of watch this movie or how they how they watch other movies. And, yeah. and, and so, and so when I first saw that yellow filter, I like, of course, again, I like my Soderbergh brain, like just immediately went to Soderbergh, but then I was thinking, I was like this movie. And I say this, like, this is relevant because these two directors are like very, very good friends with one another. Um, and like help with each other's work. But like, I, I was watching, I was like, this does kind of feel like, like a nice, like intersection, almost like midpoint between Fincher and Soderbergh. You know, it feels like a modern day Fincher in a lot of way with the, you know, the way he does these, like. Uh, it'll be a kind of grinding and gritty approach, but uh, for a movie with a very fun hook, a very entertaining film, but lurking beneath is this exploration of like the the deepest kind of darkest impulses, you know, and these temptations of, of humans. But then I zoomed out a little more and I was like, oh, wait, no, like, this is just like, like, like this is pure Hitchcock. Like this is, this is like, 
like this is such a Hitchcock coded story. Like to the point where I was like, and I'm sure maybe maybe it was just because of like technological limitations, but I was like, suddenly I was stunned there was never like a full-blown Hitchcock doppelganger movie. And then Mateo's review was just like, I like I would have, you know, saying you would have loved to see like what Hitchcock could have done with a story like this. And then at one point in my notes, I did write out oh, I liked how this movie was. It was a lot more than just like doppelganger hijinks, you know? It wasn't just like, oh, like now I'm gonna go to this person's house. Like now I'm gonna. It's so much more than that with the wagon, with these themes and ideas it's exploring. And I wrote that as a good thing, but now I was like, then again, like the Hitchcock version does have a lot of hijinks. And like, <laughs> and it would be just as good, you know? Like they're like, and that would be yeah. okay. It would like, Denise definitely leans in a lot more to the. Uh, just the, the the psychological nature of this thing, right? Oh yeah, no. The the, the Hitchcock version, I think, obviously is going to be one where you're like, it, it will have a lot of like kind of like subtext, but also yeah. there would be, be, like, be a lot more. It'd be a lot more subtext. It'd be a lot more buried than it is in this one. Yeah, yeah. there'd be a there'd be a lot of rowdy. Uh, there'd be a lot of rowdy Jimmy Stewart versus Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> That would go Which so would hard. Eating up. That would go eating up. Because it, it was it was the scene Ooh. when um I guess it's Anthony. Yeah. Um that, that, that's the name of like the more like Chad. Because someone said it's yeah. um, <laughs> uh, it's like uh how, how did how did he put it? It's um male fear versus male desire. Yeah, the, the kind of the, the yeah, the uh the the Anthony one. It's when he's just like tailing uh melanie lorenz character just like it, it, like and i'm like oh okay i'm like we're just we're just doing a hitchcock thing right now like it's a lot of just watching other people which is like the you know that's like the kind of like one of the signature easiest to identify hitchcock traits but 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 denise he's taking it like you said his own approach on it it's, it's he's stripping it a, bit, a little bit of that style yeah speaking of the tailing scene did y'all I mean, this specific shot where she passes him by while he's still wearing the motorcycle helmet, and you can see, like, in the background, him just kind of, like, like turning his... Like, he's having a whole performance yeah, in, like, the yeah, very yeah. far background. Out of him, focus. Like, trying yeah. to decide whether he's going to do it or not, and he, like, like, gets off his bike, and he's, like, looking around, and, dude, that's just... It's so much fun to be, like, doing that kind of stuff. It's, very it's, finchery, and then when you zoom out, you're like, oh, that's Hitchcocky. Yeah. Yeah. The one, like... Yeah. The one, like yeah that one like tracking shot and it's like yes exactly oh, that, that's, it's so that's exquisite funny. it's Buttery. so exquisite it's yeah it's literally great <laughs> <laughs> and now, I, this is what i want to meant to say though about the editing because you said that uh, chris said that like this is a 90 minute film that flies by yeah which is strange for a film that's as atmospheric as this is and that's to me mm -hmm. like credit to the editing just being like so crisp and just choosing Mm -hmm. And knowing exactly how much time to give each moment. And I mean, this this comes to like intercutting, like just having the moment where it all comes at a head where they meet each other at the apartment and he like panics and runs away, I think is really earned. It doesn't feel like, like, mm -hmm. oh, come on. We were like, we were, we were just having this really cool moment where we were going to discover what's going on. It's like, no, that that felt real. That felt like someone had a panic attack and wasn't ready as they thought they were for this kind of discovery. And it's, I just, I, I find, you know, that as a testament, both to Denis as a director, but like just the editing felt like it, it, it earned that moment. Absolutely. And I remember someone, I read a review recently, it was for a different film that um described the film as like, like in the best way, it felt like a short story, you know? Yes. And it, it, it felt like a movie. Yeah. It doesn't overstate its welcome. Like it, it, it no, it just has the story. It's kind of almost like just an A plot in some ways. Um, 
and it just tells that story. And and this feels like this. Like this feels like like a like a short story of a film in the best way possible. You know, I, I can't help but wonder what because because uh, Denny doesn't have a writing credit on this movie, but I can't help but wonder what the, like the original state or like what the, what the nature of the script is and how much. Like I, I wonder if that script is just like a lot more straightforward played, and like how how much of this you know this chronology uh, manipulation is into the script, and how much of that is Denny being like, no, like actually this is how we should tell yeah. the story. Yeah, Mateo. It, well, here's the thing. The other thing that's interesting, I think that uh, uh, Javier uh, Guillon, who wrote the who wrote this the screenplay, yeah, a really interesting thing that I that I felt there definitely was a lot of paring down and adaptation. And obviously it says loosely based mm-hmm. on the novel by mm-hmm. uh, uh, Jose Saramago. But like, what's interesting about that is like that novel's like 336 pages. So wow. like yeah. there's definitely like, there definitely was so much like condensation and, and yeah. simplification <laughs> yeah, yeah. that played into it. I think, I think they probably just took that premise and, uh, mm-hmm. And then they just kind of like ran with it and simplified and, it, like you said, and yeah. yeah, like tried to tell like almost like an archetypal version of that story um, in a really really interesting way. Denis mentioned I, that the spiders weren't part of the book that he that, that's just something yeah. that he added in, which I thought was really well, yeah. Cool. I mean, that's like a very like because like that artist uh, like that's like a Canadian thing, like that, that, that that's like that like you the, those that like spider sculptures like in Ottawa, right? Like, I feel right. like that has to be like, yeah, just something that he saw uh, that he was uh, kind of inspired like by, a, like a, like a dream that he had, and he's just like, "This has got to be in here." Which is again so interesting for somebody like Villeneuve, like because like mm-hmm. I don't know, like watching his other movies, he does not strike me as the guy who's like, "This is a dream that I had. I want to put this in my movie." Well, here, no, I, I, I don't know about that because literally the first message of Dune is that dreams are messages from the deep. So it's like, <laughs> I feel like this guy That's might true. actually be, yeah, on that. Maybe label. he does. It, in this movie, like it, like one thing I really appreciate it, appreciate about it. And one thing that also I think just makes, in terms of where it fits in his filmography, I think it, it, this movie does, uh, I'm, it, it can't, like, it, it's hard to imagine this thing doesn't bolster uh, like your view of him or your respect for him or make him appear as more like a well-rounded filmmaker yeah. because because I, just, I and I'll take a step back and say at one point during the movie I, I was it, it's like the type of movie that's like in, inspiring like uh yeah as like like as a filmmaker to watch because you watch it and you're like oh like this is so manageable like this is like like how like it's low budget it's like it's easy settings you know and that as compared to something like when I watch something like Dune I'm like how do you even make this how do you even get to this point like this is such a it's so it's such overwhelming filmmaking craft, but yeah, for him to make a, a movie that's just it's just it's just one act. It's just like a dude in an apartment, almost like the entire <laughs> film. It's just like it's just people in apartments and people just slowly walking around. But it's it's like as impressively made as like in so many ways of of his other films. Like it's so it's such strong storytelling, but on again just like an. an inverse scale of what his like quote-unquote most impressive works are you know like it, it it's it's uh, again such a different type of strong directing when it's just like where it's going to have i mean like i like that scene this is not to not to step on any toes of this is why we play but like that first confrontation right at the midpoint of the film of the two jakes in that motel 
you know, you know what I mean in the sense of like zero spectacle, like you're just in a motel room filmmaking, but it's so well directed and your eyes are glued to the screen and it's just, it's just incredible filmmaking, but not in the same way that like filming, you know, Paul riding the sandworm is incredible filmmaking, right? <laughs> it's just, yeah. I don't know, like, I, I have, like, I have like, like a newfound appreciation for, for Denny after watching this. Lingering on like Jake, like his head, like inside the door, just kind of staring. That that's maybe my favorite cut is, is the way yeah. it's of when you're on Adam's face. For all, it's a lot. You're on. You linger on it for a while as you hear the door open and he and he's talking to Anthony. He's just like, "I told you, like we look alike." It's there for. And you're waiting for it to cut back, and that's such a great frame of when yeah, you're just seeing Anthony's head just peek around the corner and the like, the the suspicion, the concern on his face. It's. I don't know. It's it's so so simple, but it's incredibly effective. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love you, you talked about it. Like, I love how like the low budget of the movie almost ends up being a function of it. Like, mm-hmm. it, it 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 becomes like a function of like the environment and the atmosphere of the movie because over time, like the the fact that the movie like takes place like. Like, you know, like, it has, like, that, like, college campus that's, like, all these, like, concrete buildings. Just, like, very, like, harsh, like, kind of, like, ri- limited architecture. All the architecture in this movie looks very, like, uniform and, uh, and like, almost, like, cold and alienating. Like, y- you know what I mean? Like, you have, like, like that apartment complex. I don't know if they VFX that to make that look as big and as sprawling as it does. And, like, as, like, uniform. You know what I'm talking about? Like... Mm-hmm. when he's like looking through the window and you have like that giant wall of them i wonder if they like vfx if they had to vfx that but like the architecture of this movie and like it it and the and the fact that it's like it's like filtered so 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 yellow that it like barely even looks real mm-hmm. it ends up being this thing where it, it's like a function of the story because it's like yeah. these characters are like almost like archetypes right and and the and the story that we're dealing with is not like, you know, obviously it's specific to the characters, but it's also, it's also maybe trying to talk about like, like wider problems and, and wider, like, like unconscious, like kind of like instincts. And I think that the simplicity of it almost like, it, it almost feels like not to, not to compare it too much, but it almost feels like, uh, like mother, like Darren Aronofsky's mother, where it's like, we have this like kind of like tight, like mm-hmm. restricted location, like not that many characters are popping around. Like it's only an A plot. It, it it feels, you know, it feels like like archetypal in a in a really interesting way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's 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 really just like kind of like brilliant how how much the simplicity helps the story. I completely agree. And I, and I, what I want to shout out is the fact that the two versions of Jake in this film are not very different. They're like, they're, you know, they seem different initially where it's like, oh, this guy's like, you know, some hot shot who like is trying to be an actor. He's, this other one's like, you know, very reserved history teacher. But you watch their body language and you watch like the way that they kind of handle like one-on-one conversations. And you're like, you know, th- there's very different, like very like small differences, but not big ones. And that's the hint to them being this the, the same person, not like a whole bunch of, oh, like they have the same mom or like, oh, like it's, you know, they have very similar, you know, tastes and things. I'm like, no, it's it's their body language, which I think is a really 
cool way to dissect like a character um that isn't very typically done in these kind of uh stories yeah 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 and 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 both the characters are it's like for their archetypal differences are kind of joined by their like you know because i i know it's like the, the fear of intimacy is like uh the kind of running theme between the two of them and then yeah so then in that final scene like with the the, the spider it's like him looking kind of like the almost like the like the naked reality of it and, and, and there's a line in that same review i quoted earlier um it's from david Ehrlich when he says uh um, the, the last line of the review, he says, the unexamined life may not be worth living, but it sure is easier to live, which is definitely like, I, I, it's a really great review for just kind of wow. unlocking the, the themes of the movie, right? And it seems on rewatch, like, a, um, especially the scenes with his with his pregnant wife take on like a lot more like pathos on the rewatch, because when you realize that, like, and w- when you understand what's going on, it's like, and you and you know on rewatch that like she knows what's going on and like and just like the dread and just like the anguish on her face when you can see like her just like watching like that he's starting to like uh, almost relapse in a way like this behavior is coming back and he's gonna he's gonna get ready to run and that scene on the couch when she's just like crying and she's just like and she's like like you know what I'm talking about which like uh, maybe on first watch maybe seems like maybe, maybe a bit like almost like melodramatic or it's like what's she talking about but when you understand it's like what she's coming from like and what she knows it's like oh no like that like that's so heartbreaking right and then that line of the at the end when she's just like I want you to stay like that is like uh, that's also a line where it's like when you know it's like oh it's like how did I miss that the first time it's like that's like that is, <laughs> it's like what am I talking about you know but like, I guess it, it can be easy to take it the other way I love how many little nuggets are in there too. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. and I don't mean this yeah. in a, I don't mean this in a. Oh, I saw that. Like, this is thirty six like things you movie. missed in an enemy. Yeah, you know, <laughs> arrow pointing. But like, yeah. you know, like, like get me with like the 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 like uh, the cable news like Chiron's like enemy explain like the text is like scrolling <laughs> at the top and the bottom. Breaking news: uh, ten nuggets <laughs> you missed. Uh, I, <laughs> I think uh, I just I think one one thing that I I noticed and I I had to like pause the movie rewind back look at the scene again and then go back to where I was watching but uh so in the beginning of the movie or not in the beginning so this is like after uh uh after his wife meets with Adam Bell the 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 professor version of Jake uh after she meets with him for the first time uh, and then uh, Anthony is back. He, you know, he complains about the blueberries. He's like, I like the organic blueberries. Like, and then later when he's with his mom, he says that he doesn't like blueberries. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> that was like, no, that, and that, I don't know why. That, yeah. Those like details were like getting to me. Like they were really like, there, there's like, there's just like little like moments Oh, like another interesting thing in the movie is um, if you look at the apartment where uh, Adam, where Adam is at uh, with his girlfriend or whatever, it's like full of like unpacked boxes. Like mm-hmm. it, it's like it's like a barely like lived in space compared to like the nice apartment that uh, Anthony lives in. But we don't know what his other job is <laughs> because he is not living in that apartment on associate professor of history at a university money like yeah <laughs> there's like well, little like mysteries and nuggets in there that i was like this is like really compelling what i loved about that one scene with the mom 
where it's like his mom like neglects all like his he's like yeah, i'm literally coming you to help she's like i don't want to talk about this <laughs> and he's just like like sitting there like oh my god i like why did i even come here like i i think that is like a really clever way to like just give it like a slight peek behind the curtain of like where where yeah. is all this misogyny coming from yeah <laughs> Yeah, not like, to say it's all like, the mom's yeah, the fault. It's not the mom's fault particularly, but I'm just I'm just saying a little. Yeah, no, the relationship obviously affects. Well, I mean that usually like, is. I mean, I mean, in such situations like this, that often is ground zero. I mean, most like <laughs> most things usually like stem back it's to the, parents, from the parents. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, and especially with like the it's like the spiders also like you said, uh, Mateo like rubs on like motherhood and stuff as well. Um, right. I'm sure it's got an, another meaning in that way. Yeah, and it, it just gives you like a little sliver, like you said. But but yeah. He's also he's also like a crazy like fitness head, which is <laughs> yeah. funny. like yeah, this the twenty two year old was right behind me. I've, I almost beat him. <laughs> that feels like a Jake idea. That's a good Jake. He's like, oh yeah. That, I mean, I feel like I feel like Jake wanting the organic strawberries is also a Jake note. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vegan Jake. Vegan Jake. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, any any other thoughts before we before we do our little segments? Oh, I do want to talk a little bit about how yeah. this movie fits into Denny's filmography because we yes. talked mm-hmm. about it as like a black sheep. But I I honestly think that in a lot of ways, this movie fits in with a lot of, of what I've seen from Denis pretty, yeah. No, yeah. pretty much like a glove. Uh, <laughs> no, it fits a lot better than, yeah. Like, like, first of all, like you have like this whole, the way that like, the, the way that, you know, you have that, like, opening scene with, like, that, like, weird, like, show and and those, like, women dancers and then just the way that this, like, that this movie approaches, like, kind of, like, the female, like, form, like, the physical form and, like, the, like, sexualization and, and like, the commodification of that, like, yeah. definitely, definitely uh, something that he would later go on to explore more in, in Blade Runner 2049 uh, to, a, to a huge extent. Mm. I even like Seb said, like the the dream stuff, like it feels like something that he didn't do. And even the chronology stuff, it's stuff that he played around with in, a little bit in Arrival. Like, and I guess like maybe the genre and and kind of the surrealness of it feels a little outside the box for him. But it at the same time, this is kind of kind of a prototype uh, for a lot of what we see in uh in in Denny's stuff and even like the duality of that character and feels like feels like something that we're going to get of Paul Atreides in uh Absolutely. in Dune Part 2. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean it's it's like he says at the beginning of the movie everything repeats. And there's a cyclicalness to the film which is like it, it, yeah. it's almost it's almost funny how obviously he spells it out with no that's lectures. what i'm saying dude like yeah when even in the history classes he's just giving you the themes yeah and, and these <laughs> these like the, the way these like subconscious behaviors and stuff just like uh you get, yeah and these just like kind of kind of nasty nasty habit i mean they're more than a habit but you know can you like, come 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 back around in your life and just it's it's hard to it's it's hard 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 to kick these behaviors sometimes and yeah and yeah it's the yeah like you said in in the way you can kind of relapse into that into that behavior the and montage yeah, no, it is really, crazy too yeah 
And the way it, and yeah, like you said, and how it fits in his filmography, it's, yeah, because it's, it's doing, you can view it on a kind of like, you know, the kind of, just a filmmaking level, just like, oh, like, he's playing with chronology like he does in Arrival, or the way he, you know, the way he, I mean, his prisoners in Sicario both deal with, like, essentially just, like, the pits, like, the deepest and darkest, like, human behaviors, and just, like, human, like, it's, like, the horrors of humanity in a lot yeah. of way. And then, but this one is about, like, the the dark side of mankind, but but in a, in, in a much more, like, personal and, like, you know, uh, psychological sense. The, the connection between the spider shot at the end, and then, like, you know that one shot in Arrival where, like, Amy Adams is just kind of, like, thinking to herself and kind of talking yeah. out loud, and she sees, like, the, the hand alien in the corner of the room. Yeah. It's kind of a jump scare there. Like he, I, he I like think, Denny likes big gangly guys. He he loves yeah, his little he, creatures like that little like slime like black slime dog in Dune. He likes it. <laughs> he love he loves his freaks. Yeah, and I I found the the scene where Adam is trying to like not be intimate with the wife out of like respect. I like that emotional intimacy of the wife kind of being like, how was school? Like noticing like the. Mm-hmm. That you're not him, but she's okay yeah. with it. Like that to me, I was just like, "Yo, wait, this this is a lot more intellectually like stimulating." I don't know. I don't know what you guys thought though. Yeah, and, and how when he just views, it's like it's like women can either be these very like saintly, you know, uh, like we said, like these motherly figures, or again, a more kind of you know uh, objectifying view of them. And then I and then eventually, once he kind of like gives in and, and, and embraces and lets himself be embraced by like you know his, his actual like <laughs> wife and partner that's when the kind of like you know like merging kind of like you know gets back to yeah and it's pretty crazy set. that the next morning he instantly just becomes anthony it's like oh yeah this I know. Is that's no yeah back back yeah. on his back on his bs that, yeah that, yeah so. literally Back on back on the on the on the misogyny grind set. <laughs> Again, it's just, the grind. It's just these these hor- <laughs> Again, it's just it's just these these harmful again yeah it's just these these patterns and these cycles. But um but okay. So that being said, if I, this I feel like this will be the easiest one yet of this also because there aren't that many choices. But if Tim Robinson from I think you should leave with Tim Robinson was an enemy twenty thirteen. Who would he play? I mean, it's gotta be, it's gotta be the guy in the elevator, right? When he's like, you gotta get me back in there. I heard they're giving out keys. You gotta get me back in. I, I can't I don't know why I, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. It, that's it perfect. Yeah, yeah, no, you're 100% right. Like, he would, like, <laughs> it's like one scene and just he's talking. <laughs> It's like, I, don't, I don't think perfect. I can make that happen. He's just like, I want to. What are you even, doing? I don't even want to go. I don't even want to go to haunted house. I want to go to Club Aqua. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's at the spider thing, and he's like, "Stop getting mad." What does he say about the rules? When he's like, "Can we curse?" When he's like, <laughs> "Don't get mad," because I just keep following the rules or whatever. It is. <laughs> no. <laughs> Oh, your heart rate just went up. Are you at the show again? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm at home. <laughs> no, I just... So good. There's a secret door somewhere here. Um, okay, and then, I mean, this is why he plays, you know? Uh, what, what are we What are we thinking? I, I'm a little biased because I watched the, the knee Jake interview at the end where they talked about a specific scene that made me kind of recontextualize it. Mm-hmm. But like 
It's the moment where uh, the wife goes on her investigation, I should say, like to the school, and she sees Adam, and like he's sitting on the bench, and she's like watching him as if, like, what she doesn't even know what she's looking at. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not about like, oh, she's breaking down because like he doesn't recognize her. It's just like she's watching with like horror and fascination yeah Yeah. and that moment where he's just kind of like talking to her like he doesn't know her and just being like you never know what the day brings like that that interaction i found to be just utterly fascinating like i like because that dynamic of the unrecognition between both of them i mean i haven't seen many other films and i just find like that to be a great acting exercise directing exercise because it's like i think the simpler you go and let the moment breathe, the better it is. And so I, I just I just found it to be really emotionally uh, impactful and memorable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's, a, that's another scene on, on rewatch that. Yeah, I, especially that wife character just takes on a whole new meaning once you once you see the full scope of the it's story. It's great and performance. That, and, honestly, and just shout yeah, out. No, she she's great. And like and like you said, like the way she's watching him is just so it's just so telling, and it makes that scene so uh, so odd, but in a compelling way. Like you were saying, right. it's it's such a Sarah Gow, just such a, such a such a fascinating dynamic. Yeah, she's awesome. What about you, Mateo? I think uh, this is interesting because there's so many moments, right, that are just like, man, this is like the coolest thing I've ever seen. But um, <laughs> I I really love like. I mean, obviously, like, there's, like, that whole, the whole sequence where he's just following, I think one of the coolest, one of the coolest things that I found was that scene where he's, like, he's trying to get into that, the office, and he's, like, sort of, like, standing apart, and then he darts towards the door, and then he doesn't make it, and he comes back, like, just, like, the tension of, like, that whole, like, sequence, and, like, and then he, like, gets this envelope, like, I don't know. Like, I, I just love, I love the way that that scene, that that like whole sequence just kind of like builds and, and how you're getting drawn into it as an audience member. In it's that very, so like, tense special way. for a mundane, like location. Yeah. Like exactly. Yeah. Like, and, and, and he's not like playing with like crazy high stakes, but it feels so important. Um, yeah. Mm hmm really special and then obviously there's that tracking shot uh where 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 andrew is 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 following her at her job so through those good. glass wind through the glass like that might actually be my this is why we play i don't yeah. know there's so many guys this movie rocks <laughs> let's go no yeah and that's i also wanted to i'm glad you mentioned that of just like uh, like how that scene like unex- feels in an unexpected way because it, it's like it, it's such a choice to make the tone as like serious and almost grave as it feels sometimes you know like to make it feel to have it be this moody and atmospheric and as, again especially when you consider like the hijinks alternative but like it, it, and, and also shout out the composer and the score because that's like that that has to lend a lot to the to the atmosphere they're creating and the kind of and, and and the stakes and the, and the severity of of so many situations, but there is like 
but there is enough self-awareness to it. And so I'm like, again, like, like moments like the blueberries or when Jake's in the mirror, just <laughs> like rehearsing his lines and he's like, Oh, that's good. Like this movie, it, it's not like, it's not like it isn't trying to have fun, you know, like it, yes. it, it's, it's not taking itself too seriously, but yeah, it's a, it's an interesting balancing act for sure. And yeah, I, I kind of talked about it earlier. Um, the the first meet between the two Jakes like is an easy and obvious uh, pick for this is why we play because that that is a if we're talking about like like this can't really exist in like another medium, you know, at least quite in this way, right? I mean, you're, you're just glued to the screen the entire runtime, and you're just like, and you're just so like you just can't wait to see how every scene plays out. And an interesting, incredible performance from Joel and Hall in that scene as well. But also just one, I guess just one sh- shot I want to shout out, like, like Mateo shouting out the, the glass, the, the kind of, you know, glass panel shot is when he, uh, of when he like, and also the way this movie does like, a testament to the editing as well, but um, communicates like one Jake kind of having memories or a flashback of some way and the way, the way he'll almost like kind of wake up startled. Like thinking about mm-hmm. it could be a dream or a memory or something like that. It's when he wakes up in the, in the middle of the night after kind of remembering what he saw in that movie. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just such a quick and efficient way to do that. And then he goes and then he walks down to the living room for a second, and it's like the light from the laptop is just kind of like hovering back and forth on his eyes. Yeah. Yes, like, yes, 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 unbelievable yes. shot. Like, why? Like, why? That that is a that is a. This is going so much harder than it has any right to moment moment yeah. in this film. Like, this could it's like this film could be so so slight and disposable, but it's like no, we're, we're going for it. Yeah, it's precise. I mean, that's what a uh, shout out to the editing too, because it was just one second of like him standing as the bus boy, and then he like wakes up. And mm-hmm. you could easily miss it if you weren't paying attention, but like it, but I don't know like how Denis like so easily like makes sure that your eyes track to his face, to the bus boy, mm-hmm. just standing there. No. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, that being said, if we're putting a period on the, on the discourse of enemy and trying to, you know, really definitively say like what, what this film is, how it fits into the, into the, in, into the Villeneuve filmography. I mean, what, what are we, what are we thinking? This is such a, like, fully realized idea yeah. uh, in a way that I think that I, I think that a lot of the the kind of contemporary reviews for this movie, like, kind of missed. It's like, oh, like, this is interesting, but maybe uh, and there's a lot under the surface, but like, it's a li- maybe a little too, like, confusing or a little like it, it's not it wasn't like fully like baked in the oven. But I feel like I, I, I just have to like completely disagree like this feels like mm-hmm. such a like such a like fully formed like just like ready to go uh like story and and film uh i think my favorite idea my favorite part of that is again like just how much of this like feels like 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 the perfect like distillation of a lot of denny's kind of habits and uh, interests as a director and even if they're not at they're fully they're not like fully evolved you know it's just Mm -hmm. cool to see so much of it like just kind of like stewing about in like this big old pot uh of of enemy and yeah i mean i i think that this is like yeah this is like a like a definitely 
a modern classic, I think, in a Whoa. way. That, mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, like, it it should not be remembered as an outlier. Like, if we're talking about a guy who who is, like, one of our great directors, who is dropping modern classics every time he makes a new movie, <laughs> this is yeah. no exception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Th- this film is is also, like, a great depiction of obsession and how the, the mental toll that can take on an individual and on those around them and you know your like commitment and you know relationships what you know how those are so significant to who we are and how we define ourselves i think enemy is such a fascinating title for this kind of a film you know it's such like a strong word that almost seems too aggressive but also is like perfect because it's such an intense psychological uh war going on in in a person people didn't appreciate it maybe they still don't because of the fact that it is subdued in a lot of ways and that there's you know you have to parse maybe like limitation said it it shouldn't be too hard to parse but it is a film you you do have to it's like required and sometimes people don't like that stuff sometimes you're just like a 90 minute you gotta do a little yeah it's demanding you the viewer to give something to it i don't know it's not it's not too hard like the the reading through the lines they they, 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 they like put a giant spider they jump scare you with a giant spider at the end of the film in case you missed the point they're like okay we replaced <laughs> the wife with the spider it, you it, know it, it, it like it literally makes the subtext the text like it makes it like it's a literal like physical realization of his fears of intimacy and commitment and his insecurities right and he's forced to look directly at it like you know right like, it's like <laughs> right <laughs> yeah no I, like which is why i felt silly rewatching. i was like man and i was like <laughs> i was like denny 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 led us to the water and we did not drink it i was like that was <laughs> uh, well, well which is which is why it's like i i value this type of, of movie so much it's like i i hope this doesn't die this doesn't go away because it's just like that this is so much more interesting than just yeah. <laughs> bluff that we get like 80 percent of the time and it's like I was saying earlier, and to echo what you were saying, it's very uh, for a Blade Runner for a Dune. That's where it's most easy to be like, oh, like not many people can pull this off, but not maybe even fewer people can pull off a movie like this and pull off. Anything. Thank you, because yeah. it's for a movie that has. And Mateo said this a little bit in the pre-watch too. That has like it has some quote unquote gimmicks, you know, like it has the dual performance. It has, it has, you know, uh, uh, so many, like uh, so much, uh, uh, symbolism. It has, uh, some, some chronology hijinks. It has, you know, ha- has fun with the chronology of the film. Um, it's, it's all serves a very meaningful function. And, and like you were saying, Seb, it does it in as like unflashy of a way as possible. Like it's yeah. all, it, it, it's all purposeful and which can make it, almost harder to immediately appreciate uh, for, for some people uh, to, to see what it's accomplishing because the sauce levels are no. so much higher than this movie got credit for, you know, because it's not, it, again, it's not as easily identifiable as, you know, as, as your typical spectacle and, and isn't drawing that much attention to itself. Right. I, I remember, like, I remember after when we rewatched Michael Clayton a couple years ago with the with the film club. I remember it was on that rewatch. I was like, "This thing is like, like this thing is such an unbelievably impressive monumental feat." And we will have Michael Clayton will have his day at some point on the pod. <laughs> but I remember in in my review, not 
not to be review like i'm quoting my own review but i remember thinking i was like so this movie came out the same year as like there will be blood and no country for old men and zodiac these kind of like huge especially there will be blood kind of like monolithic feats of filmmaking but i'm like this may like this movie may seem like it's just people in rooms talking like it's just in these like simple these simple office rooms but i'm like this thing is no less impressive than these other films you know like even if it's not as like overtly like you know exhausting like filmmaking that it may appear on the surface i'm like this is such a such an unbelievable balancing act and so highly skilled so i don't know very appreciative of of movies like this and 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 like we said in terms of how it fit we've already said this a lot but how it fits in his filmography it's like no it, it is in line like this is not it's so much less of an outlier especially now that we've seen kind of you know where where he's gone since it's like yeah this is a, a good signaler but this is one of A24's best, I gotta say. Ooh. Like, you know, you oh, know, yeah. I, think, think I mean, that, in my top yeah. 15, borderline top 10, maybe. Well, you know, just let let it sit for more. Yeah. Yeah. Can we just play, Mateo, can, you, can we just play in the corner of, the, of if this was Alfred Hitchcock's enemy? Like, what what's a scene not in this version that would be in the Hitchcock enemy? Or just a scene that would play out completely? <laughs> right? Like, oh, what is, I mean, what, what's in a Hitchcock and a Hitchcock and, and the Jimmy Stewart like Hitchcock enemy. It's like, what's he pulling? Man, that's a fantastic question. Because <laughs> it's so hard to think about. Like, because I'm not the goat. I'm not him. <laughs> <laughs> that's, you could be like, if I had the answer, I would be Alfred Hitchcock. I would yeah. be the goat. <laughs> yeah. If I had that's the fair. answer, if I had the answer, <laughs> I, I. You know what I think the actual the actual thing is. In that scene with the in that scene where he's like trying to get towards the door, I, I think that scene that where he's like trying to like 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 get his way into the door and like grab that and and like talk to the people at that agency like yeah that scene is like it's like two or three minutes longer. <laughs> it's like, I think that scene is like you're, you you you've got like you've got like close ups of like you've got close ups yeah. of like the door handle and like. There's like he keeps like looking around at like people walking by like over and over again. Like you throw a cop in there, like <laughs> oh, we're cooking. This you know we got I'm, I'm I'm glad I'm glad we watched this. This, this. this was a lot of fun. Um. Okay. I mean, that being said, uh, next week. So th- this is the this is the last Monday of February when it is being released. And next week is uh. Uh, we will be entering Oscars month because the Oscars are on March 10th on Sunday, March 10th. Whoa. And so for the entire month of March, uh, for all four Mondays, we will be covering a previous best picture winner that, that we feel, uh, I mean, you, you could argue almost every best picture winner deserves reexamining from, the, <laughs> from, uh, from Oscars history. Very rarely are, you know, are we like, yep, they got that one. They got it <laughs> like that. No, <laughs> there's like, maybe like, like, like off the dome, maybe ten. I can you can count, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of oh, the twenty first century, you can probably count on one hand the amount of times that. that, that oh yeah, like, a twenty first yeah, century, yeah. Yeah, no for question. sure, one hand. But we we promise we are not doing Green Book though. We yeah, promise. Yeah, no, we, <laughs> yeah. I, no further discourse there. And I guess if we, <laughs> we want to give the schedule, I mean, I mean, if this changes, forgive me. But the schedule right now is we. I, and I guess if we're covering it in chronological order. Um, I mean, we're starting with the doozy week one, or we're start, starting with American Beauty. We? We're which, doing that next week. Here we go. Oh, 
free. I was going to say, we might not be able to get to do the others, free. guys. We're going to get canceled. And then, yeah, the last pod ever. Um, <laughs> and then week two will be A Beautiful Mind. Week mm. three will be... Um, what am I forgetting? Oh, Hurt Locker? Three. Or no? Week three is the Hurt Locker. That's oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Did the Hurt Locker win Best Picture? Yeah, it beat Avatar, yes. bro. <laughs> Whoa. And then week four will be The Shape of Water. So, yeah. Very, very, very excited for all of those. And we will see you all then.